Welcome to episode 12, Prime Movie Dialogue. On this episode, Johnny and Eddie discuss the movie they saw last week, Fast and Furious Presents, Hobbs and Shaw. Johnny shares dialogue from a couple of his top five crime movies, and Eddie imitates Marlon Brando's character in The Godfather, Cotton Balls and All. We invite you to grab some popcorn and your favorite beverage, take a seat, and put up your feet, because we're talking movies. Welcome back. I'm Johnny Popcorn. And I'm Eddie Klieg, and we're talking movies. This week, Eddie and I had a chance to do something we try to do, but due to scheduling, it just hadn't worked out recently. Finally, we were able to attend the theater together to see a film we had anticipated for the past few weeks. I'm talking about Hobbs and Shaw, starring Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham, Idris Elba, and Vanessa Kirby. Helen Mirren also appears, as well as someone we were unaware was in the film. That right, Eddie? Yeah, I was real, real surprised because it's really not listed anywhere. And we're talking about Ryan Reynolds. Of course, these characters are spun out of the Fast and Furious franchise, and Johnson and Statham hold their own in what I would call a rock'em, sock'em, shoot, fight, and stabbed version of this film. And oh yes, there's a stylish, fast-paced car and motorcycle chase through the streets of London. And they even managed to work in some trucks, customized cars, and a helicopter into events leading to the climax. This means we'll take a little time to comment on the film today. But before I turn it over to Eddie, I wanted to note that the more I see of her, I'm becoming a fan of Vanessa Kirby. Oh, I loved her as Princess Margaret in Netflix's The Crown... And she was impressive in her scenes with Tom Cruise in the most recent Mission Impossible, Fallout. However, here she does what I would call a full star turn as a major player who shows skill and grit, especially in a couple of tough fight sequences, especially the one where she is battling Dwayne Johnson. Well, that's my initial comment on the film. You can take it from here, Eddie. Okay, first of all, I guess we should put a little bit of a spoiler alert that we're going to talk about some details of the movie. We're not going to like tell you exactly what happened and when it happened, but we're going to probably comment on some of the action scenes that we like the best. I just wanted to throw that out there. If anybody's planning on seeing it, you might want to fast forward a little bit. If not, thanks for staying and listening, I guess. Well, we can kind of do it generally, I would suppose, that we don't have to give them all the context in which these situations occur, but there are some pretty pretty cool sequences. Before we do that, I've got some trivia that revolves around this movie, uh, and we could do that in a little bit, but there is one that I wanted to mention that piggyback on your comments about Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby was trained for her fight sequences by the same stunt coordinator who trained... I'm waiting. Charlize Theron in her action scenes for Atomic Blonde. Another one of our recent faves, so, <laughs> which we commented on a couple of weeks ago. And we know in that movie, it was incredible, the action, the, the moves, the fighting, it was unbelievable. So the same here. She does a really good job. And you'd think that she would get lost in the action that the other two, Statham and, I call him The Rock. Yeah, I still do too. <laughs> Statham and The Rock, their action scenes. And, and even even the bad guy, I never can pronounce his name. Idris. Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Yeah, I mean, he was in there. Action was crazy, but she held up her own. Did really good. Yeah, it's amazing, especially when she stands next to Johnson. I mean, he's a mountain, and she's 
She looks pretty fragile. Uh, boy, she uh, she went at it in those sequences. And I, it's kind of like what I said with Atomic Blonde. You kind of wonder, how did she not get hurt in some <laughs> stuff? <laughs> she probably did. Well, that's <laughs> it. Probably black and blue, and she couldn't walk for a week. <laughs> there is that scene where she is all black and blue. Yeah. She's got, <laughs> yeah, be, there are some bruises. It might be real. <laughs> uh, you know, just thinking back at some of the action sequences, a few of them we saw in the trailers. Yeah. Uh, for instance, when they grab her character and jump out the window and the rock jumps out, goes down the line and Statham looks at him and then walks over to the elevator and takes the elevator down. That was, <laughs> that was one of the, uh, the trailer scenes that was like, okay, I'm going to watch this movie. But it was, it was all over the place. Yeah. The other sequence that, uh, that we saw over and over again, both on TV and also last time we saw the trailer in the theater is when Statham is, wiped out this whole bunch of bad guys in there in this particular room and they need to use facial recognition of one of the guys he's bashed to open the door. And he goes through the whole series of smashing these actors. And I saw I could think about these poor guys. One guy had a pretty good sized nose that he's smashing into the, into this recognition thing. And finally he gets the right guy, but the whole he goes through a whole series while Johnson's in the other room through the glass watching, can you hurry up? I don't know how they did that with these guys keeping staying in character while they're getting smashed into the walls. That one they showed, and it was pretty neat when we saw it in the film, completed film. Yeah, because it, it was uh, there was definitely more to that scene. Just the yeah, more times he kept trying and trying and trying. And then the rock, all he did was walk in. First, he this big guy stands up, and you're like, holy cow! But he just gave him one punch in the face, and boom! It was pretty entertaining. I think we could probably say we kind of liked the film. I guess. Yeah, I liked. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm different when I rate movies. If mm -hmm. I left there and I'm going, wow, I like the movie. If during the movie I'm like, oh, okay, this is getting a little long, then it's not so good. I was hoping for more. So, Well, the one thing they do more and more in some of these action films is that they blend the humor with the violence, and you're kind of deciding, is this going to be serious? Is it semi-serious? Am I supposed to, you know, how am I supposed to respond to it? So I, I kind of stay with the characters. It's like I talked before. If I kind of start caring about the people that are in there, and I think Johnson has a, a terrific screen presence. I've always liked Statham ever since I first saw him way back in the Transporter series. And then I saw, I've seen about every movie he's made, good, bad, and indifferent. Idris Elba has become a pretty good a star in his own right. He's in between TV and the movies we've seen him in. You and I talked off mic that I just remembered that he was the bad guy in the third uh, Star Trek movie. And he was pretty good in that one. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was great in that as well. I like it. The chase scene in London was pretty, oh, pretty crazy. Amazing. Um, yeah. He's chasing them on a motorcycle. Statham's driving his slick car, and it just. Yeah. And there's some of that is in the trailer as well, but yeah. just the extended scene, it was incredible. One thing I do want to mention that we did talk about also is uh, Helen Mirren, her role. She was in Fate of the Furious, uh, but she's behind bars in this movie. She could easily break out. Dathum goes and visits with her, and you you could easily get out of there, man. You know, she, while she's sitting there, she took her cuffs off, but she said she liked the place. It was quiet. Yeah. Was, food was good, you know? Yeah. So, well, it's like a country club for her. Yeah, Marin Helen is one of those people that I have watched her entire career. This goes back a ways. The first time I ever saw her, and she played on British TV long ago, but movie Excalibur came out in the 80s. 
early 80s, late 70s, which deals with the Knights of the Round Table, and she played a sorceress. And ever since then, I've been on board. I've seen everything that she's basically done. And, of course, in this, she's Statham's mother. I, mean, I do have some trivia about the movie. Yeah, go For, ahead. And one thing I didn't write down that I did forget, she actually seeked out to be in the Furious movies. Well, I'm not surprised. You know, this is what happens with a lot of these. We Something starts out, doesn't seem like it's too, you know, the, what's another one of these flash and dash type of movies? And then suddenly the casting always improves on the third or fourth episode if it's gathering steam. And, uh, well, anyway, we could, do, we could do a whole thing on Helen Mirren as far as I'm concerned, too. She's she's terrific. So here are a few things. And there was a lot more than this. I just, this sure. was neat stuff that kind of revolves around what we like, what we do. So during one of the scenes, Shaw takes Hobbs and, and his sister. So they, they go into Shaw's garage. He's got all these cars lined up and they pause for a second right in front of a Mini Cooper which happens to be the same color as the Mini Cooper he drove when he was in the movie The Italian Job. And he said, yeah, yeah, I used that during a mission in Italy. That was referring to The Italian yeah, Job. job. Yeah, it was, yeah. So that was pretty pretty cool. This one's another one that's pretty cool. So in the movie, in the trailers, the, the villain, what's his name again? Idris Elba. I'm never going to get it, so I'm just going to say the villain. Say um, the villain. It's, they, they know what we're talking about. He has a uh, dialogue. Ooh, dialogue. <laughs> he has a thing where he says he's Black Superman, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know what the script actually was written? And he refused to do it because of a lot of the buzz that's going around. Mm -hmm. It was calling himself the Black James Bond. Oh. I'm the Black James Bond. He had asked for them to change it since... He's one of the people that's been... Well, the, you know, he says that he hasn't been asked or he hasn't well, been yeah, but he's, he's in the been in the news. He's in the conversation. If, if you were going to... The other thing that's good about him, particularly when he's dealing with a guy like Johnson, he's a pretty good-sized guy. Oh, yeah. He's no shrimp. And again, if you go to Bond, now when, we don't want to get off too off subject. We've done the Bond thing, but with, with Daniel Craig, he's not a big guy. Right. And then you and Connery was a pretty good sized guy, and you go back to a guy of of Elba's size. Eh, there's a lot you could do with a guy, and he moves really well. He's young enough, and he's athletic enough. Right, he'd be good. But yeah, th that's kind of cool. I think he was probably right not to bring that in. Maybe uh, looking back on the movie yeah, itself, I think the Black Superman thing actually worked out better because then. Uh, the Rock mentions it again. He is, he is uh, Black Superman. And, yeah. at, at one time, he actually runs at The Rock, does some sort of move, their hand to hand combat, mm -hmm. and he said, Here comes the kryptonite. So yeah. that line wouldn't have been <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked. And speaking of moves, it's, it's kind of funny some of the things that have been kind of slipped into this movie that, are, that go back to his wrestling days. In one of the later scenes, when he's doing more hand-to-hand -hand stuff, when the group is, he does his signature, not the people's elbow, but the call the rock bottom, where he grabs them and he slams them down and puts his weight on it as he's slamming it down. So that was pretty cool. Also, one of his cousins, or in the movie, consider one of his cousins, because he goes back to his family, actually is the WWF wrestler Roman Reigns, who just happens to be the rock's real cousin. Without going too much into wrestling, <laughs> I don't watch it as much as I used mm -hmm. to. The Rock is related to Jimmy Suka, Snuka, or one of the big wrestlers of old time. Old time, old time is back, and his father was a wrestler too. And then there were a couple scenes like he had this signature thing when he was in wrestling, where his eyebrow would go up. 
Well, there's a scene where his daughter is saying, show me the eyebrow. And then in the last minute, he does it. But it's it's from the wrestling persona. And then one more thing is he actually says a couple lines, one a Stone Cold Steve Austin line and also a Chris Jericho line. So those who know wrestling will know those names. You're just nodding your head like, I, I, I know Stone Cold Steve Austin because okay. he's made a transition, too, to the movies. In fact, it's show business, right? I mean, yeah. we don't just change over to the. None of them have. <laughs> none of them have adapted as much as, as The Rock. I mean, yeah. even John Cena is more and more into movies. I mean, he's he's starting to get to the point where I can separate him as a wrestler. I know I'm going. I'm going to make the show's going to be all yeah, about. Yeah, well, Cena though, I, in the Marine, he's kind of wooden. He's a nice guy, but I think we've seen enough of The Rock. Well, Dwayne Johnson, as he likes to say, skyscraper and so on. Uh, San Andreas. You go down the list. He has a good. Pre- presence and an amiable personality to go with the violence that makes him so likable, no matter what he's doing. And he's, he's in the relaunch of Jumanji. Yeah, Very that's true. Very successful yeah. a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and then there's a, another one coming out. One last thing. We saw the trailer on that, by the way, too, the other night. Yes, so. we did. That's yes. right. Danny DeVito was in yeah, it. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Who's the other one that's in it? Well, Jack Black is back. Yeah. And, um, uh, the other older guy, the one that's in Lethal Weapon with Mel Gibson. I've drawn a blank. Anyways, he's one of the older guys in in that preview. Yeah, but I'm, it's not it's not registering. We'll check the way back for yeah. later. Anyways, the last thing I want to mention, which I thought was funny, is in the whole Furious world, whenever movies are done, The Rock, Jason Statham, and Vin Diesel all have it written into their contracts that they cannot appear to lose a hand-to-hand combat. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, it's a stipulation in their contract. So... Originally, Vin Diesel was wanting them to count punches. Oh, you get five punches, I get five punches, whatever. Mm. Initially, they, they tried that, but the producers eventually just settled on choreographing each bout, where at the end, no character looks like they lost. But yeah. it just that's just, just, just a peak. I can't imagine what's in these contracts. That's just a little pinch of it, and that's crazy. Well, having seen the movie, that makes sense. Oh, I mean, having true. seen this movie and now having seen all the Statham movies, I mean, you know, he may get kicked around a lot, but he never, never loses. quite loses. Interesting. So that's Interesting. that. Um, my trivia. I can't tell you how much it's grossed. I can tell you it cost $200 million. And it probably did with all that, a lot of boom and banging. There's some special effects and some of the CG. I, it's kind of hard to tell which was which and... It's How about the truck that was leaving that one facility and the big giant tower was coming down and yep. it just clipped the back of the truck? I mean, it was it was. No, incredible. it's amazing. It's amazing. Big screen stuff. That's what we say. We talk about it all the time. This is what the movies is about. I like subtle movies and so on. But when you're going to see this stuff, this is what they can do. If you can imagine it, they can put it on the screen. And that's pretty amazing thing. That's a, that's it on Hobbs and Shaw. We both liked it. I did do a check. Rotten Tomatoes only gave it 67%. I think that's a little bit underwhelming. I think for what it is, it's successful. We didn't expect Shakespeare. We're not, you know, this is not the kind of movie that you go to for that. But it was it was well done. I think what kept it emotionally involved was actually the Vanessa Kirby character because she is an MI6 person. While the other two guys may kind of be a little bit more cartoonish, if I can use that term, right. she keeps it grounded, I think, serious enough, as I said, when you're blending the, the humor with the action and the shooting and the right, beating definitely. each other up. So it, there's violence, obviously. And I, I'll say that our discussion really didn't hit on the plot and stuff, so... No, we tried not to. The spoiler was not... 
But again, we encourage you to go see it. Make the decision for yourself. We're not getting paid to say this, folks. So we have nothing. We're not getting a percentage of the of the gross. So as much as Eddie likes to talk about how much they made, we don't get a dime. Anyway, well, we originally meant to do this on dialogue. We're still going to try it. But as Eddie has said before, we try some of this and then we kind of get into the weeds, so to speak, and find out some things may be a little more difficult. One of the things I'm going to say, we look back at various movies. We want to do the crime dialogue. Some of it we can't use because this is a family show. And if we use some of the dialogue, we'd be bleeping so much stuff that it loses its heft. So we're going to stay within genre we've already done and the movies we've already talked about. So we're going to go back to a couple we talked about last week. We're going to start with The Godfather. Eddie, you're going to, are you going to try your impersonation of Don Vito Corleone on this one? Okay, so last week you mentioned that Marlon Brando kind of improvised when he was making his character and Stuck cotton balls in his mouth. He, they made him do a, an actual screen test, and he's the they, because they thought he was troublesome, and he went and he did the thing, and that's when he put the cotton balls, tissue, or whatever he used, put it in his mouth and mumbled, but he was effective. And, of course, the character is everybody. Whoever <laughs> saw the movie or knows anything about The Godfather, you got to remember Don Vito Corleone because of the way he was. Okay, so I have two makeshift cotton balls. I'm mm-hmm. going to put it in my mouth before I do this. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hold on one second. This is a breakthrough. This is a breakthrough, folks. <laughs> okay, ready? Ready. Go for it. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Ain't that bad. Yeah, bad. <laughs> you want to try the longer one? Yeah, try the longer one. I knew that Santino was, Santino was going to have to go through this. All this. And Fredo. Fredo was, well, but I never wanted any of this for you. I work my whole life. I don't apologize for taking care of my family, and I refuse to be a fool dancing on a string held by all those big shots. I don't apologize. That's my life. But I thought that that when it was your time, you would be the one to hold the strings. Senator Corolone. Governor Corolone. Something. I never wanted this for you. I work my own life. I don't apologize to take care of my family. And I refused to be a fool. Dancing on the string held by all those big shots. I don't apologize. That's my life. But I thought that the winner was your time that, that you would be the one to hold the strings. Yeah, that was Vito, of course, when his talking, discussing uh, his lament with with Michael. Well done. I think you got it. You may have an opportunity here. I feel like I was just at the dentist. I got to take a drink of water. Here's a couple others. What we're going to try to do, if we can get the originals, we'll we'll give a comparison when we post this, right, Eddie? Are we going to try to do that? Yeah, we'll do a comparison. Yeah. Hopefully we do a lot better than yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah, we're, we're not trying. I'm not Joker. necessarily trying the uh, accents, but a couple others here that pull from The Godfather. One is Tessio, of course, when he brings the package in and Sonny says, what's this? As he drops the fish in the bulletproof vest on his lap. And Tessio says, it's a Sicilian message. It means Luca Barassi sleeps with the fishes. What the hell is this? It's a Sicilian message. It means Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. 
Then, of course, the other one, when they take Polly out, who they suspect is the one that has been feeding information to the other side, Clemenza takes him out, and, and of course, they shoot Polly, and he tells the other guy, he says, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. <laughs> and the one that, again, there's so many. You could do a whole episode just on just reading the dialogue. But anyway, the last one here is Michael. When Fredo, after they're in Vegas, and Mo Green has done his rant against Michael, trying to who's trying to move in on his territory, and Fredo, of course, steps up and says, you can't do, tells Michael, you can't do that to Mo Green. And Michael tells him, Fredo, you're my older brother. And I love you, but don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again, ever. Fredo, you're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again, ever. It, doesn't, it does not end well for Fredo. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, uh, when you get to number two and he finds out that... Uh, it's no. enough, but that's another movie we haven't talked about. He's a strange one. Okay. I brought up a couple other, another one here that you remember I talked about Heat last week and I was really big on Michael Mann and uh, the pacing of his films in this cast and the fact that here is De Niro and Pacino going against each other again. Uh, De Niro was playing Neil McCauley. He's the bank robber, uh, the heist puller. He's an expert at doing this. And Al Pacino plays the cop, Vincent Hanna. Well, there's a scene where they finally meet. They agree to kind of, it's not a truce meeting. They just want to get to know each other a little bit. And De Niro agrees to meet him in a coffee shop. And I alluded to that last week. De Niro, I'm never going back. Pacino, then don't take down scores. Macaulay, who is De Niro, says, I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Try to stop guys like me. I am never going back. Then don't take down scores. I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best, trying to stop guys like me. And later on in the conversation, they've been talking about making decisions and so on and confronting each other. De Niro character says, there's a flip side to that coin. What if you do get me boxed in and I got to put you down? Because no matter what, you will not get in my way. We've been face to face, yeah, but I will not hesitate, not for a second. There's a flip side to that coin. What if you do got me boxed in and I got to put you down? Because no matter what, you will not get in my way. We've been face to face, yeah. But I will not hesitate, not for a second. A guy told me one time, don't let yourself get attached to anything you're not willing to walk on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner. A guy told me one time, don't let yourself get attached to anything you are not willing to walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around a corner. So that sets the tone for the, the ongoing cat and mouse game until we get to the final climax. Eddie had a chance to take a look at the shootout after the bank heist. We ran by that. I wanted to kind of relive it. I thought it, I told you it took a while, but it, the timing on it, it's a little over 10 minutes for that sequence. 
It was it was incredible. Lots of shooting. Yeah, <laughs> lots of oh, lots of shooting. I said, and, and not I, not with little guns either. Yeah, unfortunately, in in light of what's gone on in recent news, when you see that, and they're all using those types of weapons, what it does to the police cars and the people and so on, it's pretty ugly. Okay, do you use one of yours right now, and I'll come back to mine and back and forth. Yeah, I have yeah. Uh, <clears throat> two, but I'll I'll do my first movie here. Last week, my number one crime genre movie was Twenty One. So I've got a couple quotes from that. One point is when Ben, who's the main character, is asked by Mickey, who's the teacher, played by Kevin Spacey. He's asking why he's being asked to join the team of card counters that go to Vegas. So Ben says, so why are you telling me? Mickey says, well, let's just say a spot opened on our roster. How? Well, Jimmy got a job at Google. Jimmy got a job at Google? Yeah, it's catchy, I know. Well, if you're making so much money at this, then why did he take it? Mickey Rookie said, Ben. I said, Google, <laughs> not Stizzler. So why are you telling me? Well, let's just say a spot opened up on our roster. How? Jimmy got a job at Google. J- Jimmy got a job at Google? Yeah, it's catchy, I know. Well, if you're making so much money at this, then why did he take it? Ben, I said Google, not Sizzler. That's pretty good. I'd forgotten that. That's pretty good. And then the other one I like, and I I say this, I I love saying this, but so um, as all of you casino uh, visitors may know, when a blackjack dealer deals you a 21, face card and an ace, it's called a blackjack. You win one and a half times your your bet. So Ben starts saying, he he says it a few times during the movie when they're in the casino and they're, they're in the plane. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So I looked up uh, where that came from. So I found two meanings. I don't know if either of these are correct or not. They were on the internet. So oh, it's got to be true. It's got to be true. Uh, the first one was a chicken dinner in Vegas used to cost less than $2. And the usual bet at the time was $2. So when you won, you had enough for a chicken dinner. Hence, winner, winner. Chicken dinner. That makes sense. In the context of that film, that certainly makes sense. And then the second one here, I think it was from Urban Dictionary or something. An expression or declaration of victory, especially in a game of chance. So I mm-hmm. guess... Yeah. I like the first one better because a little history there. Okay. I'm going to, one of the others we covered last week. And again, I went down through here, Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. If you remember, it's the Jack Nicholson played J.J. Giddis. He's the private detective that gets drawn into what he thinks is going to be the, the normal private detective spying on the cheating husband turns out involved in a murder, murder case. When he's out trying to find out what happened to Mr. Mulvery, who was found dead, drowned in the, in the water system, as he's there, he's approached by two individuals. One's a, what we would call a goon, and the other one's a, a slider guy. And this character, they call him the man with the knife in the credits, it's actually the director, Roman Polanski, and he has a knife. And there is a little a thing I'll comment on this. Here's his thing, and he's, he's threatening to cut Nicholson's note with this knife. And the other guy's kind of holding the gun on him anyway, so Nicholson's kind of caught. Man with the knife. You're a nosy fella, kitty cat, huh? You know what happens to nosy fellas, huh? No? Want to guess? Huh? No? Okay. <laughs> They lose their noses. You're a very nosy fella, kitty cat, huh? You know what happens to nosy fellows? Huh? No? Wanna guess? Huh? 
No? Okay. They lose their noses. And then he takes the knife up one of the nostrils and rips it. Ooh. Now, in this is a little tidbit on the side, and of course he, he Nicholson's not very happy to slice his nose. The knife they use, this knife trick knife for the scene, had he not used it right, he would have actually cut Nicholson's nose. Oh, jeez, wow. Yeah, it wasn't one little rubbery thing or something. It's, and so he gets it. So here later, then later in the movie, you see him walking around with this big bandage over his nose where he's been stabbed. And here's Giddis talking to Mrs. Mulray. This is a, the Faye Dunaway character. But Mrs. Mulray, I goddamn near lost my nose. And I like it. I like breathing through it. And I still think you're hiding something. <laughs> but Mrs. Mulray, I goddamn near lost my nose. And I like it. I like breathing through it. <laughs> and he goes around, half the movie, he's got this bandage on his nose. And that's my thing from Chinatown. Cool. There's a couple others, but that, that was pretty fitting into the story anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't want my nose cut. Mm. I'd be upset. I don't know if I'd use God's name in vain, but I probably would have yeah, said I, a couple other things. Yeah, that yeah, were... <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm reading the script here, and this is oh, one yeah. of the things I said. We've had to choose things where that we don't have to use. Oh, well, I, pa I passed on a bunch of them yeah, that said you'd, you'd have different to. words that yeah. you don't even want to repeat. So the second movie I'm just going to throw out a couple quotes on is The Old Man and the Gun. I should have probably done this one first because the winter, winter chicken dinner was a good one. First one is when he's talking with Jewel. This is Forrester Tucker, The Old Man and the, the Gun. He is, uh, this is based on a true story. I don't know if people remember from last week, but he robbed banks. It seemed like his main job in life was to rob banks, get caught, escape, rob banks, get caught, escape. <laughs> so, you know, he's he's talking with Jewel, who is his, kind of turns into a love interest of sorts. And Jewel says, do you have any children? And then Forrest Tucker says, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> So then the second one kind of, it sums up the, the movie, which if it's true to the guy, it sums up the guy on how he just dealt with everything. You know, when he robbed the banks, he was just all happy-go-lucky type of thing. So here's a quote from, it says Esquire, so maybe it's a lawyer. He says this, I remember I sat down with him once and I said, Forrest, surely there's an easier way for somebody in your position to make a living. He looked at me and he said, brother... I'm not talking about making a living. I'm just talking about living. And that kind Very of cool. it kind of goes with he was happy-go-lucky, you know? Was, he just had a smile on his face. and It's just who he was. Yeah. All right. I got a couple more here. One, and I'll tell you why I chose the last one. This is kind of counter to it. Here's a film that almost made my top five, and it's a pretty... It's a pretty uh, disturbing film. The movie is Seven. Came out in 1995. Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow... Kevin Spacey, famous for its ending, which I'm not even going to discuss. But basically, there's a, a serial killer who is killing a variety of individuals in New York City in accordance with the seven deadly sins. Morgan Freeman, it's seven, he's going to retire in seven days. He gets stuck with this case, and he's got a new guy on the force who's assigned with him. That's Brad Pitt, who came from another town, a smaller town. Now he's in the big city. Brad Pitt's character isn't too well educated, considering... Somerset is, he reads all kinds of things. He knows his, his history. He knows philosophy and so on. So here's a couple of quotes as they're going through this and they're kind of finding their way together. Morgan Freeman, his, his character's name is William Somerset. Ernest Hemingway once wrote, 
the world's a fine place and worth fighting for. I believe in the second part. Ernest Hemingway once wrote, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. And as they're pursuing this obviously demented guy who's just killing these people in these disgusting ways, he tells Pitt, if John Doe, and they're calling the killer, of course, John Doe, they don't know who he is. If John Doe's head splits open and a UFO should fly out, I want you to have expected it. And the other thing he comments on, this isn't going to have a happy ending. <laughs> and he was very much right about that. Sounds like it. If you've seen the film, those of you out there who've seen the film know exactly what I'm talking about. So to counter this with this modern, more modern films where language is used in some cases, I've always talked about Martin Scorsese films because there's so many curse words in there. It's kind of hard to, sometimes hard to listen to or watch. And it's sometimes I think some of that is sloppy screenwriting. I know people speak that way, but if it's overdone, it, it loses its emphasis. Anyway... So I'm going to go back to a real classic. Everybody, particularly the old timers, The Maltese Falcon, 1941. This is the one that really helped set the stage for Humphrey Bogart, among his many characters. Of course, Casablanca, his cafe, he immortalized him. But anyway, this is based on, of course, the Dashiell Hammett book, directed by John Huston. It stars Humphrey Bogart, Mary Astor, Sidney Greenstreet, Peter Lorre. It's a classic. Sam Spade, that's Bogart, gets more than he bargained for in a case it involves a beautiful woman, that's Mary Astor, and he's basically trying to solve the murder of his partner, which happens at the very beginning, as well as this these people that are questing for the Maltese Falcon, which is supposedly the stuff dreams are made of. The woman, Mary Astor, is eventually, he turns out that she's kind of bad. There's a couple of sequences between Spade, that's Humphrey Bogart, and Bridget O'Shaughnessy, that's the girl, that's Mary Astor. Spade. All we've got is that maybe you love me, and maybe I love you. O'Shaughnessy, you know whether you love me or not. Spade, maybe I do. I'll have some rotten nights after I've sent you over, but that'll pass. All we've got is that maybe you love me, and maybe I love you. You know whether you love me or not. Maybe I do. I'll have some rotten nights after I've sent you over, but that'll pass. <laughs> now he speaks to her at the close of the film. This is, you can see what, where this is going from that previous comment. I hope they don't hang you, precious, by that sweet neck. Yes, angel, I'm going to send you over. The chances are you'll get off with life. That means if you're a good girl, you'll be out in 20 years. I'll be waiting for you. If they hang you, I'll always remember you. I hope they don't hang you, precious, by that sweet neck. You're not. Yes, Angel, I'm going to send you over. The chances are you'll get off with life. That means if you're a good girl, you'll be out in 20 years. I'll be waiting for you. If they hang you, I'll always remember you. Now, that's some classic stuff. There are no curse words. And in fact, that's because of the codes and so on that existed back in the older days. The screenwriting wouldn't contain certain words. Uh, but I have a question. Yeah, sure. Where is the part where uh, Han Solo... And um, Princess Leia talk. 
Maltese. Oh, the Maltese Falcon. Yeah, this is not the Millennium Falcon. Oh, okay. I was confused. Well, I know. We're mixing genres here, okay? Yes. But there you go. That's our that's our uh, little attack at Dialogue Stein. It's trying to stay on some kind of sense of topic. I do have uh, one real quick thing before we go any further. Yeah. I checked the Wayback Machine, and earlier in this episode, we talked about uh, the new Jumanji movie with The Rock, Danny DeVito. The other older person who is in this one is Danny Glover. That's the one I couldn't remember. Oh, yes, yes, now that you... So, mm, yeah, I remember now from the, I should have got that, but I remember from the thing I wasn't, I wasn't, even though I like Robin Williams, I didn't, I wasn't into the first film. So again, this is part of my, my discerning bias or whatever you want to call it. So that was brought to you by the Wayback Machine. Yeah. What's the clock on the wall telling us, Eddie? Well, Johnny, it looks like it's that time again. And before I turn it over to you, as always, we want to thank you for listening and subscribing to our show. We have a lot of great shows coming up. Next week, we're talking the Cape Crusader, then and now. It's going to be a great episode. We purposely left out any Batman Joker, Batman villain dialogue to save for next week. So it would have been a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would have we, been action-packed if we had all this yeah. kind of dialogue, but that'll be next week. In two weeks, we're talking screen adaptations, and the theme is going to be the ones that didn't work. At least from our, per, well, 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 there may be some that critics definitely, and we may agree with those critics, or we just may think they didn't work. Or, or financially. Well, yeah. They didn't work. The accounting department speaks again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And in three weeks, Johnny, I am so excited about three weeks from now. You and I have talked about this episode since we were talking movies was just an idea. I can't wait. I'm not going to say anything else about it today, except that during next week's show, We'll have a little teaser for you. I can't wait. It's, it's going to be great. Awesome. Please tell your family and friends about our podcast. Anyone can listen for free on Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio. New episodes will drop every Monday. Visit Johnny's blog on our website, we'retalkingmovies.com. There you'll find additional commentary, show notes, and references that were mentioned in the show. The easiest way to subscribe to our podcast is to visit our website, we'retalkingmovies.com, scrolling to the bottom of the page and clicking either the Apple Podcast button, the Google Podcast button, or the iHeartRadio button. The podcast is also available on all your favorite platforms, except Pandora. If you have a show idea, or you just want to say, Winston, tell them. Tell them all. Whoever comes, whoever it is, I'll kill them. I'll kill them all. Send your comments through our website. <laughs> DM us on Instagram or tweet us at We Talking Movies. Also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash We're Talking Movies. We would love to hear from you. That's it for me. Looks like that's all for today, folks. Until next time, keep your eyes on the silver screen. And as we fade to black, this is Johnny Popcorn and Eddie Klieg saying so long till we're talking again. Set.